right one. I can't see what I'm doing, so. There we go. That's the one I want.
So we get some insight into um, what goes on at home a little bit, don't we? <laughs> you know, we didn't bribe any of them as well. We, there we go. That's exciting. Didn't bribe any of the children, and you know that because apparently Josh loves Paw Patrol more than his own mum. <laughs> Actually, we ask him a bit. Who do you love more, Captain America or Iron Man and play all the superhero things? Who do you love more, Captain America or Daddy? Captain America. <laughs> I, I rank against no one. It's just... <laughs> You know, it's, it's been said that mothers carry a child in their womb for nine months, but one thing they don't understand is that a child's carried in a mother's heart forever. It's been said that it takes about six weeks to get back to normal. You're to get back to normal after you've had a baby. Um, what they don't understand is nothing's normal ever again. <laughs> it's been said that you learn how to be a mother by instinct, but uh, they've never taken a three-year-old shopping. It's been said being a mother's boring. Obviously, they've never been in the car with a teenager of, on a learner's permit. It's been said that you don't have to be educated to be a mother. Well, they've never helped their chi- kids with maths homework, have they? It's been said the hardest part about being a mother is the labor and the delivery, but they've never watched their baby get on the bus for the first day of school. It's been said that a mother can stop worrying after the child gets married but all you do is start worrying about a new son-in-law or a daughter-in-law. It's been said that you can't love the fifth child as much as the first. Well, they've never had five children. It's been said that your mother knows that you love her, so you don't need to tell her that person's not a mother. You know, it's easy to preach a message on a day like this about um, what the perfect mother is and listen to all these wonderful quotes and gestures and, and pull things out of the Bible about what a, a perfect mother looks like. And um, that's really simple to do. And, and we could do that this morning and make us all feel guilty and miserable. Um, because really, if we look at the Bible a little bit, we can see what some of these idealized pictures of motherhood look like. Ruth, well, she was left childless and widowed at a young age. Rachel, Hannah, and Sarah, well, they were infertile. Even Mary lost their sons to terrible circumstances. There were two mums in the Bible, both who had children named Ahaziah, it turns out. And what they did is they actually encouraged these young kings to do evil and wicked things. The prodigal son, well, we know the mother of him. How would her heart felt that day that he he walked out down the road that day? We we get these idealized pictures and... um, You know, there are, in this place, I know there are so many wonderful mums and happy families, but the reality is, there's no picture, is there, of it all. You know, this morning, I'd rather celebrate the reality that new mums are just incredible. Um, Single mums, bringing up their children, absolutely wonderful. I I praise God for my mum with that as well. Mums of, of, we know that our world around us, I remember when um, Susan and I first put Josiah into a childcare and we filled out the paperwork. And I went, oh, you guys are unusual. I went, oh, thank you. And uh, what, why is that? And I said, oh, you've all got the last, same last surname. And it was such a statement on what our world looks like. But it, it's, it's the reality. We, we live in a world where um, the nuclear family is no longer the average. Where, where people have one mum, two mum, three mums, or no mum within there. That motherhood is deferred due to light, late later childbirthing there, it's disrupted by divorce, where it's lost by child death and miscarriage, and it's 
unachieved due to un- infertility. There, there's so many one, um, just hurts and pains around this day. And I know some people, even in our midst, wouldn't be here today because even this day is a painful day with it. But I think we can say today that I just honor you mothers in the place this morning. You are all wonderful. You're all doing a good job. You love your children. And, 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 but there are some of us where it's, it's, where it's not the easiest day. It's not the easiest day of the year within that. And we want to pray about a, a few things this morning along that. But I just honor you mothers. I, I just am so grateful for all of you. I, I, like I said before, I was a little bit flippant about it. Go find a mum or grab a mum or grab a child. No, in this place, I'm real about that. I'm grateful for all the, all the spiritual mums in the place. I'm grateful for the mothers that I've had through my life. My mum was awesome and still is awesome. But so are all the women who have filled that role and, and acted in that behalf in my world as well. And I'm just so grateful for it. Last week, we started talking a little bit about uh, Philippians and started to speak about Paul's life there. And I just want to speak a little bit. But what we saw and what we spoke about last week was here was a, a man who had such affection and love for this church who were in effect his children. And were in effect the, the love and the, the heart of his life. And in, in some ways, he was just like, I guess he's a, a spiritual father to them, but he, he acted more like a mother in some ways because he let himself be beaten up, didn't care for his own body or his own safety. We know that he got beaten up, put in jail, and he didn't play the card that he was a Roman until his church was threatened and his children were threatened. How much is a mother like that? That's just a mother's heart there. Don't care about themselves, but will uphold and, and protect their children in that with it and such affection. And so I just want to continue on from where we left off last week in that. And in verse 9 to 11, it starts, I pray, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you'll keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. I pray, I pray. You know, I I often like looking at different words of Scripture and and different meanings on on what the Hebrew and Greek is. And I found another dictionary this week, a mother's dictionary, uh, through things. And and, um, so a few things, and mothers understand words a little bit differently. Dumb waiter. Well, dumb waiter's the one that asks your child if they'd like to order dessert. Family planning was the art of spacing your children in proper distance so that you can keep on the edge of financial disaster. Feedback. Feedback's what happens that moment after you give your child that strained carrot. I remember Josiah. um, You know how you get cartoons and you see the projectile vomit? Josiah just did that one. I, I thought it was just all fake, but it was a solid stream of orange. Just out, and you could, we never got it out of the carpet. It's just not fun. Impregnable. A woman whose memory of labor is still vivid. Grandparents. The people who think your grandchildren are wonderful, even though you're not raising them right. Hearsay. What toddlers do when they hear rude words. Hearsay. <laughs> Show off. A child that's more talented than your own. Puddle, a small body of water that your child will find every time they've got dry clothes. Who done it? 
someone who doesn't live in your house. <laughs> you know, mums have a unique view on the world and uh, it's something that us blokes will never really, really get. We'll just never understand it or, or totally contemplate it. But mums have a, a unique perspective on things. It's special and it's just as God intended. I remember the first command he gave us, go forth, multiply. And in that whole thing uh, of childbirth and child rearing and, and all that, there is this special connection that happens. This special connection that happens to the promises of God. It's, it's in that, that, that women have something powerful. Mothers have something supernatural that goes on. And that perceptive, that, that heartbeat of God all of a sudden comes alive in a way that I, I, I'll never understand until eternity that heartbeat for a child that you're so intimately close to. There's something special. It requires and it teaches faith like nothing else, bringing up children. And um, I, I love faith, actually. I watched my, my wife act in faith yesterday. We are just driving along and um, Rem decides to start listening. You know our kids, they start listing off all the things that they want to do in their future. And so, I can't believe it. My son, he's going to be everything. He wants to be a soccer player, a basketball player. He wants to be a teacher and about number 10 down there, he said, a pastor. And I'm um, really excited. He wants to be a scientist and an astronaut and all these wonderful things. He wants to be a policeman. And then he said, I want to be a robber. And um, <laughs> in, in absolute faith, Sue's without a beat, missing a beat. He goes, you can be anything, dear, as long as you're not a robber. <laughs> and later on, for all those aspiring Jedis in the place, I'm sorry, um, later on he decided there was one more thing he wants to be. He wants to be the Dark Lord of the Sith. And... <laughs> There's something interesting in my son. <laughs> That's there. But um, mothers have faith. They get this element of faith. And we know that faith pleases God and that faith is the, the essence by which we pray. Paul, in there, out of that affection of a parent, starts those few verses, I pray for you. You know, something special about a praying mother. Something extremely special about a praying mother. Um, Charles Wesley said, I learned more about God from my mother than all the theologians in England. Charles Spurgeon said, I cannot tell you how much I owe to the prayers of my good mother. Evie Hill, who is a, a pastor of, of Zion um, Church in Mississippi, tells a story of when he, was, he grew up, it was born in the Depression, and was the fifth child to a family. And they were at that point where mum just realized she couldn't keep feeding them all. And so she shipped Ed off down to Sweet Home to live with a friend in a small country town in the middle of depression. Now, now mama, who Ed went and lived with, she was a woman of faith and a woman of prayer. And she said a vision for Ed um, from four years old. She'd pray for him. He just remembers her praying. And she said a vision that he would, he would graduate. And, and in a town where that usually didn't happen, he was the only one to graduate high school. And not only that, she's like, you're going off to college. And so the day came when he went off to college and she gave him, eight, uh, she gave him $5 and, and to go catch the bus down to college. So you just go there and remember one thing. Mama's praying for you. He really didn't understand what that phrase meant. He, he didn't really catch the gravity of that in his heart. But he um, went down, stood on the side of the road and hopped on the bus. And he, he got down to the college and lined up for the new enrollments of the administration there and, and looked forward. And, and then he started to realize, oh, hang on, I need $8 for the enrollment fee. 
And all of a sudden, the devil started talking in his head, you should get out of line and just leave. This isn't going to work out. But he remembered those words, Mama's praying for you. And so he sat in line. He's like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do, but he just stayed in line. He gets through and he gets second to the desk. There's one person inside him and he starts to really get nervous, freaking out there. And then that person steps aside. And as he does, this man comes and puts his hand on his shoulder. Are you Ed? Ed Harris? Yes. What do you, what do you want me for? Like, oh, I've been looking all over for you this morning. I've been looking all over. I just want to let you know that you have a four-year scholarship and all your accommodation and meals are paid and you've got $30 a month spending money in that scholarship as well. And he just remembered those words. Mama's praying for you. You know, there's something really significant about a praying mother. There's something really significant that really gets in the heartbeat of that. Last year, we did a week of prayer and fasting and um, absolutely wonderful. We, we saw a breakthrough in this place. We saw a breakthrough in areas. We had three units leased out that week that we had no idea even where the tenants came from. It just all sort of happened and fell together without our trying. It was God bringing it about. And we were praying for a whole bunch of things, some healing. People got healed and um, there is power in fasting. Personally, I'd rather the Bible talk about prayer and feasting. Much prefer that idea. But um, prayer and fasting it is. And, and so we, we were fasting and I um, remembered someone talking to me about their son who they'd been praying for for many years and then that week they found out it met a nice young girl and started going to church with her um, after a long time out of, the, out of the kingdom. And I believe they're still hanging out at church as well six months later within that. And, and there is something about a praying mum. Now, we used this scripture last year. I'll bring your children in from the east and gather them from the west. I will say to the north, give them up to the south. Don't hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I've forged and I made. You know, in this, in this passage in Philippians, Paul's praying out of absolute joy. His absolute joy of his children because he sees the fulfillment of their Christian life. But we know that that's not the only prayer that Paul talks about. We know that Paul talks also about praying for the churches with birth pain asking for their salvation and their life just to come to know Jesus, for them that they would come to a fullness of expectation. And, and sometimes that's the prayer that we need to have, that prayer that we need to have just in that pains of just praying and, and believing and, and just hoping. And you know, we can expect. God's promise is that if we raise them up in the ways of the Lord, in their old age, they'll not depart from them. Old age. That's what we're believing for. I just want to spend a moment this morning, and I just really feel in my heart to, to pray for that. I just want to pray for the sons and daughters. I found out a um, disturbing statistic through the week, and some, you know how much I hate statistics, and, and I don't believe in them, and we're not going to operate in this. But in, in the church in Australia, after the last census, and I, I share this with you because I want to guide prayers, what's happening. The average age of Christians in our nation is 55. The average age of people in our city, 27. I'm not okay with that gap. I'm definitely not okay with that gap, but I'm also in belief of a God that calls his children home and brings his children home. So if you're here this morning, I, I just want you to act in faith. If you've got children that are not in the kingdom, I, and I, I, I know, that's why I said like, young people sit with mum on Mother's Day. 
bless her, because you're in church with her, and you might be here this morning and not normally here with mum, but that is a wonderful thing that you've chosen to do and, and be. If you've got young people that aren't in church, I just want to pray for you. And I know that on this day, that's one of the painful things sometimes for people, and I understand that, is when our kids aren't in church. And Father, we're, we're here and bunch of mums and dads and aunties and uncles and grandparents and, and spiritual connected as well as biological, Lord. Father, in your word promises that, Lord, you will call them in from the north and the south. You'll call them back from the east and the west and, and, and tell them to let them up. And so, Father, we do that this morning. We just call forth in the name of Jesus these young people home back to the kingdom, back to the place that you, you have put them, Lord, that which was taught to them in a young age. Lord, we just call on it. And we act in faith and believe your word when you say that in their old age, they will not depart from it. Lord, but we don't want to wait till they're old. Lord, we don't want to wait till the sense of mortality kicks in, Father. We ask for in their vigor of life and in the fullness of their life even now, Lord, that they would return home to you. Lord, that even today, that there would be something stirring inside them and, and belief coming inside them for the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God. Something amazing for you, Lord. Something amazing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just... Um... <laughs> you know, Paul, when he's talking to these people, as I mentioned last week, they're... They're not his biological descent. There is, there is church. There is children on Mother's Day. I, I, it's one of those things of mothers just reach far and wide. Becky O'Connell, she was this lovely, lovely lady at, um, at 65. She kept in her home this, this wardrobe full of children's and babies' clothes of all sizes. And on the dresser, she had a pile of little baby bonnets. All, all piled up in, in different sizes, and the bassinet was always there ready to go. You see, um, she was a mum. Her official title was that she was a, a foster carer. She'd had 77 babies through her home. And at 65, she was there ready at any moment to receive a phone call and say, I've got another one for you. But it wasn't always that way. See, it was... Uh, a number of years earlier that her son, Ian, had passed away. And she was in despair at that and, and broken at those thoughts. And that after that, all of a sudden, uh, not, not a son, it took years. But she remembers the pain and she'd put on a face that was all right, but underneath was the pain. And then all of a sudden, about four years later, when the, the pain was starting to subside inside her, she saw this ad for foster care and she thought, hey, that's what I could do. That's what I could do. And so she rang up and, and applied for it. And she was asked if she's always loved babies. And she said, well, it's really, really the fact that I find this easy because you just give each child undivided a care. All these children that have come through abuse and abandonment and hurt and pain. And so I said, what's your secret to it? Well, people try and tell you that babies are disordered. I'll tell you, it's the other way around. It's adults that are disordered. All I try and do is fall in love with these babies. You know, something about the kingdom of God that's so different to everything else. The kingdom of God just looks like this. Mums and dads loving kids. Ours, anyone else. 
whatever's going on. Actually, I, I, I made some new friends the other night with an incident out on the road, and um, at the end of the night, um, there was a couple of fellows, and, and these guys are, are my age or a bit older, and they just needed a lift home. And so there's four Burundian guys, you know, I've been talking about um, refugees a little bit. I'm just like, oh, let's see what God does here. And so I, I was just able to give them a lift home and, and go for a ride with them, and made some wonderful friends, Alex and his mates. A couple of them really couldn't talk English too well, but they're really rad guys. And um, if anyone's keen on playing a game of soccer sometime, you want to play a game of soccer against us. I have no idea how to play with a round ball. I've, I like those egg-shaped balls. They make a lot more sense to me, but I'm definitely happy to go play a, a game of soccer because something of the kingdom of God just reaches out into others. And, and my prayer this morning is that we would just be hit and impacted for all the Becky O'Connells in the place, and, and, and so grateful for that. You know, if you're here visiting with your mum, if you're here and, and this is the only time that you, you rock into a church each year, and the only time you sort of come is on that Mother's Day, just because she's like, come to church one day with me, just one. That happens, I know. You know, if that's the thing, let me ask you to do this. Make a decision early. Let me ask you to make her heart fulfilled with it. Let her heart be fulfilled with the kingdom. Glenda was a, was a mum who did RI in, in high school with back in the days where it was able to happen in, in high school a lot easier in, in Australia. And, and let me get the guy's name right. John Dixon tells the story how he was with her in her RI class. As a 15-year-old boy, after doing RI for a while, she used to invite, Glenda used to invite the class back to her place on a Friday afternoon and, and have some food with them and keep talking about Jesus. And the young fellows, they liked that her heart was open to them and, and that she was a nice lady and they liked free food. And so they kept on hanging out there. And then after a while, started to think more on the, the words of Jesus and, and what was going on. And then one night, they're out with their mates and James's mate, was out and he'd had a few too many and it was at midnight and he was, he was totally drunk and they realized that we can't take him back home because dad's an army fella. He's just going to beat him. And so what can we do with him? We need to do something. Oh, let's take him to Glenda's place. And so they rock up at Glenda's place on a Friday night at midnight, knock, knock, knock on the door. And um, she comes out. She'd actually been hosting a party and just cleaning up from it, her, this posh dinner, as they, as they say. And uh, she invites them, oh, okay, come on, take some food to the back, find some clothes, put him in the shower and clean him up. And so they put him in the shower and get him dressed and take off for the night. And the next morning they come back about 10 and find him there talking with her and she's cooking bacon and eggs for him and breakfast is all up. And after a little while, these young lads began to give their life to Jesus. And, and by the end of the year, five or six of them started to confess Jesus as their Lord. A number of years later, John was in this place where he was a minister and decided that he's just, oh, I just need some new strategies for reaching the lost. And he remembered Glenda and went around to her and asked her, like, what? You, that year, it was just amazing. How can, we, how can we do it? And she's like, well, it was really simple, actually. Me and a bunch of the RI teachers, we just got together and we just prayed that the harvest would come. And we just prayed and believed and, and prayed and believed. You know, there's something in the heart of a a mother that just longs for her children to be at home and something absolutely wonderful. And, and this morning, I just ask 
if you haven't yet fulfilled the prayers of your mum, make today your day. Make today the day where you say yes, Jesus. Make today the day where you say yes to him and you commit your life to him and you commit your life on the prayers and the heartbeat of what your mum does, that she brings you to church or she'll ask you to come at least once a year with her or she'll, she brings you to church each week in faithfulness and belief coming through. I just want to pray for all the mums. Pray for all the mums at the moment. Why don't you stand to your feet if you're a mother in the place? And I think it's something unique. Today, a special day that we can do that. Congratulations, Caleb. I didn't know. <laughs> now let's just reach out and lay hands and just bless these women and for the wonderful thing. Yeah, some of you might need to sort of around each other, often there's more mums in a place than, than not. Father, we're just grateful. Just so thankful for mums in this place. Thankful for who they are, who you've called them to be. And again today, Lord, we ask your anointing and your spirit in them. Lord, we ask for your fullness just to fill them up. Lord, that they would receive just a bountiful amount of the love that's inside you towards us, your children. Lord, that that would fill their hearts. Lord, that they would be inspired in love and hope, Lord, and that the hopes and dreams that they have for their children, we just want to agree in faith and say yes and just call them to pass. Father, for the hurts and the heartbreak, Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you're our comfort and we ask that you would just come and minister and that you would just come and comfort, that you would restore and that you would encourage and uplift, Lord. We just ask, Lord, just for your peace your wholeness to surround these mums and just to inspire from deep within. Deep within, Lord. We are just grateful for you. Just grateful. Just so grateful. And Lord, help us as children right across this place. All of us are children. All of us are here because of a mum, whether we know them or not, whether they were good to us or not. Lord, we just ask for our mums, if they're in this place or not, if they're with you or wherever they are, Lord, that they would know you and that they'd be strengthened. But Lord, also help us. Help us to fulfill your call, Lord, that we would be an honour to the mums that have gone before us, that we would fulfill their heartbeat and fulfill their prayers. Lord, we want to come and just say, yes, Jesus. We just want to follow you and give you our lives and hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Can I play another video before the worship team comes? Yeah, why not? See what I've got there. This one's for you, Paul.
Uh, isn't that the truth? <laughs> as much as we men think we've got an influence, it's not. It's not. It's something special about mums. Something definitely special. Come on, let's just stand and bless God. And as we do, if you want prayer this morning or, or need prayer,